Welcome to It's a Corner where you learn about things you didn't know you could do. Hello. Hello. How are you uh, today? Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. Very well. <laughs> how are you? It's good to speak with you. Yes. <laughs> what if there's any end in sight for me beginning all communications with a silly voice? I like it. I don't know. It sets up the right mood, the right tone. Yeah. yeah. Like this, if somebody yeah. calls me on the phone, I'm expecting a phone call. I see their name come up. I, I slide. <laughs> and I say, hello. <laughs> and I, it's I can't like the, be- the belly button talking from Seinfeld. That's exactly. You know what? That's really good. <laughs> see, the thing is, it's easy to think that I only have one hello. Because first of all, I think the word hello as a, as a greeting can be very funny. And I'll give you some examples yes. that you may know. You got the belly button. Hello. You've got, uh, you've got Uncle Leo. Right? Jerry. Oh, yeah. Hello. That's funny. You got uh, Heidi Klum. Hello. You got the library elf. Hello. <laughs> I like the library elf a lot. <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're busy with work, but I wanted to let you know the Henry Hoggins book you requested for your child is now available. <laughs> Some are due soon. Bring them in. You don't want to get a costly fine. <laughs> Hello. When, how do they come after you if they, uh, how do they come after you if you get a... Oh, they, you send the goon, <laughs> library goons? No, really, what do they got? What do the goons sound like? How do they say hi? <laughs> <laughs> Hired goons. Um, how does it work? You, you know, it starts with the, uh, you, know, you get a general throat clearing email. First of all, you know, the thing is, library elf is not as necessary as it was a decade ago mm. because because libraries are on the internet now and they know how to do stuff right so i keep library elf around uh because i like it and, and it's cool but like they rolled out a whole what is it they rolled out a whole new system here in san francisco um that's based on you go to bibliocommons.com and it's a pretty good off the shelf like oem library system it's good it's pretty good it's like got ajax and stuff which is pretty amazing for libraries you know um I think library resources don't always, you know, library resources are thin, right? They're yeah. going to go into the stuff they really need. But anyway, that's a nice investment. It's a great site. So you go in, once you're logged in, you can go and see like what's checked out, what's not. So generally you get this whole like, uh, you get the throat clearing. You get the, uh, <clears throat> uh, just FYI, Henry Huggins is due in three days. And then you, you, you blow it off. You think, oh, that's okay. And then they go, um, you know, Henry Huggins. Was uh, due on Saturday. Is that a thing you could bring in? You know, you get a little notice, and it goes on and on and on. And then eventually, you get more like the nasty grab. And there was one. There was one. Oh, I still feel terrible about this. The How to Draw Wizards book was one. But <laughs> but there'll be ones where like we go to the library with our kid and a friend on a play date because we're awesome parents and really know how to show a kid a good time. <laughs> Who wants to go to the library? <laughs> huh? Yeah, you can check out anything you want. I mean, within reason. And sometimes a kid will check out a book on my card and then they don't return it, for example. And so then eventually you get the, you get the, like, we just build you for this. And that's only happened twice. One time it was a book that a friend's, uh, a kid friend checked out and they just lost. That happens. And then the other one was, of course, the Drawing Wizards book, which we did eventually find in a pile. But we didn't, we didn't, my daughter wanted to keep it. I was like, how much, so what, what are the, is it, is it like a really astronomically high price? No, it's like, not. They should charge a lot more. 
I mean, you know, uh, there was one time where we were really, really late on a bunch of books and that does pile up. If you've got seven books that are two months overdue, um, those fines add up. But, you know, I don't know. I, that, that's, it's easy enough to keep on top of and I kind of make it part of my workflow. Hmm. It's like, you know, I got a little uh, <laughs> OmniFocus reminder to, you know, return them. And I like to stay, you know, in, uh, in good standing with the library. The rest of my life is such a house of cards. I feel like with the library, <laughs> that's manageable. Yeah. You know, and I want to go in there and I want to feel like a king, king of the library. Just for the sake of clarity and for the future generations, is it yes. drawing wizards, witches, and warlocks? Or is it, uh, is it how to draw wizards, discover the secrets to drawing, painting, and illustrating a world of sorcery? Or none, um, of, or none of the above? That's a really good question. And luckily, I have a computer nearby. Yes. So I will be able to go and Google my shame. Wizards. <laughs> Wizards. Oh, God. Oh, so many library elves. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Oh, mini wizards. Holds ready. These are due. Receipt for your payment to your library. Drawing Wizards, Witches, and Warlocks by Chris Hart. Chris Hart. Okay. 20, $24.95. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that'll be. You like, the, you like those vertical market drawing books? They, those. It's interesting. Even at our <laughs> at our like sort of small ish, you know, regional branch library. Yeah, you get a lot of good like art books. There's all kinds of books on writing. There's books on. Uh, it's an interesting topic actually. Uh, uh, for little kids on writing, little kids on drawing. There's like there's there's tons of uh, of great books like that. Um. So. You make it sound like, see, for us, the library is like, it's, it's a thing. Like we yeah. go to the library a lot just because it's really close to our house. Don't be creepy. Um, you <laughs> don't go to the library as much. Uh, I mean, I've, I've not, been I mean, I don't mean to that. a library. It's not like oh, I've never been nice. in one. Um, huh. I don't, I don't think I've been to one in the state of Texas. Oh, because of the whole Kennedy thing. No, no, no. That's a oh. book depository, but, uh, Oh, the book depository. And I am, I am set to go the there very you. soon. Huh? I'm I'm going to be going there very soon. The uh the to the book depository. Yeah, to check it out next time I'm in Dallas. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I watched yeah. that Stephen King thing, and it's all I can think about now. Oh, sure, sure. And and so will you go and will you triangulate and try to figure out where the comedian was standing and stuff like that? Yeah, obviously. Hmm. That's why I'm going. Also, no spoilers, but Magneto didn't actually kill Kennedy. He was no. trying to prevent the killing <laughs> of Kennedy. <laughs> But, you know, there's a lot that I've seen in the Zapruder film that other people haven't noticed. So I'm going to be doing some my own research. What, the, the, the trunk of the car got a little unhygienic? No, just there's some details that I don't think people have have checked out. I'm just still interested in it. So I, just, I don't want to go sure into it. you want to go down and, that hole? Yeah, I'm, I just I don't want to talk about it until I've done some more research, firsthand research. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, primary sources out there. If yeah. you would like, if you want to become a, a nut, I think uh, a Kennedy assassination nut is a good kind of nut. Well, it's a, it's a starting point anyway. It's like a gateway. Oh, that's an interesting idea. So are there other kinds of wackadoodle things you've been thinking about exploring? I mean, in as much as you're comfortable saying, this is going to be your, uh, this is your water wings. This is your baby steps. Uh, Kennedy was actually killed by aliens or something is going to be your thing, right? Well, no, I, I just, I'm still interested in it. It's still very, it's something I've been thinking about a lot since high school. Mm. Uh, and so now I realize, you know, I've been to Dallas many times since I moved here to Austin and I've never taken the time to, you know, do, do my own research. And the, oh, the, sure. the show started me thinking about it again. And I'm not at the obsession level or anything, but I'm, no, I'm reading no. and thinking about it more than 
uh, more than I had in the last few years. Hmm. You know, uh, you live in Austin, right? That is, yes, correct. This would be a good juncture for you to go back and watch the movie Slacker. Because not only is Slacker a wonderful movie, it's the first, uh, the first big, what, what's his name? Richard Linklater? Is that his name? Uh, Who made Slacker? Yeah, yes. Uh, Richard Linklater, yep. yeah. Linklater. I, that movie was such a touchstone. Came out in 1991. It's rated R. Uh, uh, and it's, it's a really weird movie, but, uh, yeah, they, there's, uh, there's talk about the, uh, the clock tower, not the clock tower. What do you call it there? The, uh, the big, the big tower, right? The yeah, shooting the, thing. The, um, the, yeah, the thing where the, yeah. back in the, was it the sixties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Whitman, if memory Whitman, serves. Yeah. Uh, and there's talk about, uh, there's a Kennedy assassination buff, uh, in that. Very interesting guy. Slacker, good movie. I wonder if it still stands up. Talkative I heard his new one's good. Passenger, a UFO buff who insists the U.S. has been on the moon since 19... I'm going the other way. I would sooner think that not, not have we not been only been... Have we not been on the moon since the 1950s? Maybe there was no moon mission. Oh. See, I'm not saying I'm on that camp. I'm saying I'd no. be more likely to go in the direction of we've never been to the moon than we've been on the moon since the 50s. That's a really, you know, that's the problem. People are not thinking big. Yeah. I love the names of the characters in Slacker. I remember I always, lo- I, I bought the book when it came out. I love the credits. So the, of course the first character is Richard Linklater. His character is called Should Have Stayed at Bus Station. <laughs> you get Taxi Driver, Roadkill, Jogger, Running Late, Hit and Run Son, Grocery Grabber of Death's Bounty, uh, Street Musician, uh, Walking to Coffee Shop. Oh, of course you got Madonna Pap Smear. Ultimate Loser, Stephanie from Dallas, T-Shirt Terrorist, Anti-Traveler, Sidewalk Psychic, Devoted Follower, Happy-Go-Lucky Guy, Two-for-One Special, Has Changed, Traumatized Yacht Owner. <laughs> I don't think I've not, seen this not. movie since the early 90s. Oh my God, so good. I should know. I own a yacht. That's a funny movie. All right. Texas Man, okay then. Uh, yeah, you know, Texas. Texas, it's a hell of a thing. You ever been out here besides South By? Beep, boop, boop. Boop, boop. I think I've been to South by Southwest twice, I think. But otherwise, have you been to Texas? Have I been to Texas? Yeah, like really seen it. Oh, God, no. No. No, 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 no. I, I, I hear things about Houston. It, it kind of puts me off my beer. No, I, I, I've, uh, you know, I've been, uh, been to Austin, uh, I think twice, I think. Uh, I've been at that round Dallas airport we talked about. Yes. Um... I've never been to, oh God, I have something funny about this. Yeah, related. let's hear it. My daughter went to a, um, a big movie night at a friend's house on, was it Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday night. And uh, it was uh, five, it was a brother and a sister and five of their friends, five, five uh, second grade girls and five first grade boys. And you know what they watched? What? Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Great movie. We watched that week, at least weekly. Well, you can guess what happened. <laughs> it's it's hooked now, right? Nope. No. Uh, they, I, you know, it's so funny because you and I have talked about this at least two or three times. There's a certain scene in that movie. I feel like we've talked about this. There is a scene that in that movie that I saw when I was 18 years of age, and it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> the when clown? I was eight. No. <laughs> it was a night just like this. Oh. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Yeah, Large Marge. <laughs> they shut the movie off at that point. Are the you children, serious? <laughs> children shrieked. Oh and they my turned gosh. off the movie. Do you remember how scary that is? I mean, it's a scary scene, but my four-year-old watches it just fine. 
Let me see if I can find what she looks like in that. It's oh. creepy with the eyes bulging, right? And it's like, isn't it like stop motion? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad stop motion. Yeah, I mean, but it's so Tim Burton. It's it's like such a classic <laughs> jump scare. It is. Oh my God. Look at that. Oh my, yeah, it's silly looking now, but when it happens in the movie, it ain't silly. Yeah. Oh, I love this actress. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in that movie. And his new movie, I, I think we talked about briefly, but it doesn't, it's not as good. Well, yeah, and didn't they, I think they CGI'd him in that. Yes, they did, because uh, the article I read said that he he was concerned he couldn't play the character anymore because he looked, you know, he, I guess he's, he's in his 60s, 60s now, so, and he looked like it, so they did the thing where they, the same technology they did to uh, Michael Douglas, Jean-Luc Picard in oh. uh, the X-Men. When in, he the, was, in, the, in the X-Men movie, we don't talk about. Yeah, so the same. And they also same did it thing. to uh, Michael, uh, Michael, what's his head in uh, Ant-Man? Oh, Michael! They did it to Michael Douglas. Remember when they do the flashbacks? Of, oh, uh, Hank, Hank of Sam? course, of course. Too much, I think, too much effect. I, you know, there was something a little bit uncanny valley about the professor and Magneto in that one. It was oh, very a little much. too smooth. A little too smooth. Ugh. But it's an interesting idea. It's a, such an interesting idea. I mean, you know, I think I, I love Fury Road so much, and I think one of the most interesting things about that, in retrospect, is you know, yeah, like. It, and, and, you know, my, my friend on the internet, Todd, talks about this a lot. Todd, who does stuff at ILM, and, you know, he worked on The Force Awakens and many other great movies. Cool. And it's like, there's always this, like, you know, throwing the baby out with the bath about, oh, CGI is ruining movies. It's like, no, people who don't know how to make films are ruining <laughs> Right. People who don't know how to use it. Yeah. It's like blaming, you know, ugly houses on the people who construct shingles. It's like, it's really odd. Like, you know, if, if, but like, look at Fury Road and like those documentaries about like, you know, anyway, this has been talked about at such length, but you know, so much of that was, yes, it was shot with practical effects. Those are real cars. Those are real explosions, but they're totally composited. Like they're, that's the amazing part is that like, it's, it's a triumph of practical effects and it's a triumph of CGI. And I defy you to see which is which. Those are real, like Cirque du Soleil people on those poles. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Can't make that up. Nope. Once again. So love that movie. I think that movie will stay uh, at 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 a level of quality for many, 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 many years. You know, you won't look back at it and think, "Oh, it doesn't doesn't hold up." Like I watched Weird Science <laughs> again recently. Is that Philip Michael Douglas Hall? Uh, Anthony Michael name? Hall Anthony and Michael Hall. Uh, the other guy and um, a young. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in that. Oh, right. He was so handsome. He was. Yeah, he still is. I think Chaplin uh, just started turning up on Netflix. I've oh, been really? wanting to watch that for a while, and it, it was not out there but most weird, places. Weird Science does not do... A, it does not hold up. Hmm. And weird, I'll tell you what, uh, it, it, it... There are so many movies in the 80s that seem... It, like, there was a trend in the 80s that they you don't get to the, the essence or the meat of the movie until you're at least a quarter of the way through it, if not halfway through it. You don't even know what the movie's about or who's in the movie for the first 30 minutes. The pacing of those movies is so weird. this one was fine. This one got right into it. Ten minutes into it, they're already making Lisa. You know, and it... Making Lisa, yeah. Is that Kelly... Kelly LeBrock. Look at that. Oh, she's a handsome woman. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. uh, There's a... I'm thinking a good a good regular bit for me uh, every week would be also to tell you new tumblers I'm following that are funny. Yes, let's there's integrate one I follow that called, into the show. Uh, we'll integrate that into the show. There's one called Cinephilia, and it's somebody who just writes about you know film. And uh, they had a great piece about I think that's where it was. 
I believe, where they're writing about Body Double, the Brian De Palma movie. Oh, from yes, I remember that one. Yeah, but, it, you know, 80s movies are so strange. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, again, where the 70s seems more normal. 80s yes. movies were weird. Yes. Why does, why does Dan Aykroyd get a beach in uh, Ghostbusters? No, it makes no sense, and it ruins that. I mean, why? I... I don't understand that. I just don't think it fits with the rest of the movie. It's the one reason, I, one of several, that I haven't been able to show that movie in oh, its yeah. entirety to my kids. That might be a vid angel. You could vid angel that one. Vidy well. You know, the, like uh, the second Ace Ventura movie, <laughs> we, they've been watching that for a very, very, very long time. And at some point, they're like, Dad, there is an early Ace Ventura movie right here. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, can we watch that? And I, I, I think I said no, but they, of course, like they went and watched it anyway. That's pretty. So it's got lots of poo poo humor. Right? There, that I'm fine with. But there are some like sex scene, full on like sex scenes. It's not nudity, yeah. but it's clear what's going on. And uh, there's a lot of cursing in that movie, and it's um, you know, like it. What was going on in that time period where they felt like they had to put that much into? And you would find these movies that are full on like they're comedies, they're comedy movies, and they're rated PG, and they're rated PG. Yeah, and like, well, there's Dan Aykroyd and a ghost. The James Bond movies. So many of the James Bond movies are rated PG still, and like, there's stuff in that that, like, oh my god, I wouldn't if if I knew some of the stuff in these PG (laughs) '80s movies were in a PG thirteen movie. No way. It's just it's more extreme. I mean, even take something like Goonies, like. Goonies is that the one? That's yeah. such a weird movie. I am I am uh, alone in this. I realize, but I am not a Goonies fan. I do not. I didn't like it when it came out, and I saw it in the movie theater, and I have not liked it since. And I've watched it again, and I still don't like it. And I'm the one person that I know who's living, the only living person who is not in love with this movie and think of it as the pinnacle of '80s movies for kids. And I I, I can apologize if this offends people. I'm sorry that we, we're losing listeners right now, but explain it to me. Help me understand why, why is this such a favorite movie? It's so weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think about this a lot, actually, with, with stuff and like why we like something, why we don't. Um, and I don't know. We, this reminds me, again, of, of a conversation we recently had on Reconcilable Differences about, you know, the latest episode was talking about sense of humor and like how you get how you got your sense of humor, like what you found funny, what you didn't find funny. We right. talked before about how we recommend things to people and what goes into what goes through your mind and thinking about it. anyway. So I've been thinking about this a lot and because uh, of my work. And one of the things I think about is the window. Like, what is the window for something? So in terms of like availability. Like what was available to you at the time, but also the window in more, more like an Erickson kind of sense, which is like, what are you, what would you buy? What did you have the bioavailability to appreciate at a given time? And I'll give you an example of like things that were right in the pocket for me. As yeah. I said to uh, Syracuse, for me, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes. I don't know. I, I can't tell you which particular Friday night I saw that on like a Betamax like uh, taped off of HBO that I saw that at my friend's house. But the, I, I would have to guess there probably could not have ever been a better Friday night for me to see that because it had such an impact on me. It was right in the pocket for 10th grade me, right? So there's, there's things like that or things like a certain, you know, uh, like music comes along. <clears throat> like, I don't know, Hall & Oates. Like, I really liked Hall & Oates in 1981. I can't tell you why, but they, they sounded like pretty much like perfect pop music to me. Now, the other side of that, you get something like Goonies, so like maybe that just did you so you saw it when it came out and you didn't like it? I did not like it in, uh, in the theater at all. 
But for some kids, that was probably that's probably a PG movie. Yeah. <clears throat> you can go see it with your friends, right? You can watch you go on a Saturday, see it. Let's say you're you know 10, 11, 12 years old and you go see that. And it's, you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's funny. It's dark. It's got, if memory serves, some kind of fairly dark like horror elements to it. So, like, you know, for somebody, that was right in the window for somebody. So, you know, like Roderick and I were talking yesterday about watching The Young Ones again and how The Young Ones isn't as funny as it was in 1984 for any variety of reasons. Well, that window is, you know, that's gone now. Like, that was special and weird in English in 1984 in a way that it's, you know, not today. We're like, me and Stuart Lee, how I'm so obsessed with Stuart Lee, this comedian. And like, we're like, I just, I'm inhaling everything this guy does. He's just right in the pocket for me right now. His sense of humor and his sense of meta humor is just transcendent to me. So that could be it. It could be that, you know, I don't think you should, obviously you're being a little bit silly about this. You, you don't actually feel that badly about not liking it, but. Well, no, I do because I feel like this is the one thing that I just can't get on board with. And anytime like people refer to the eighties or my friends who are, you know, my age or a little uh, right around my age, they all talk about this movie with such fondness. And like, I really want to join in. I really want to have the same kind of fond memories of it. And I, I just don't, I just don't know why I, I, I didn't like it and why I can't like it because I like other movies that fit into the same sort of genre and fit into gremlins. Did you like gremlins? Loved gremlins. Loved gremlins. Absolutely. Kind of similar. Gremlins is pretty dark. Yes. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I've watched that since and, um, the effects don't totally hold up, but it's still a great picture. Yeah. So I don't know, like there are all the other movies that kind of fit in and around that one. I can't get on board with it, but I don't know why. I don't know why. And I, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know. I like I'm missing out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Moments snap together like magnets. <laughs> like tears. Did, did you ever enjoy Equus? Did you ever catch Equus on TV? No, I don't recognize that. What is that? Oh, Jiminy. Oh, that's, that's the quote I'm always uh, saying. That rich quote from Richard Burton. Um, yeah, Equus is a very, very weird movie. I caught that on TV one day. It's a really weird movie that a lot of people don't like. Uh, but it really flipped a switch for me. And then I went and read the play and I love the play, but you know, I don't know. To be a modern, difficult person, it helps to have two arrows in your quiver at all times. One is the thing where you get to pause, where everybody else is having a good time. You get to pause and go, well, I know this is going to be controversial, but I don't like Star Wars. Hmm? What do you think of that? And the other, the other one is, I know this is going to be hard to believe. I've never seen Seinfeld. Did I miss something? No congratulations like here's your ribbon like okay you didn't see seinfeld that's great now how do we construct the rest of the conversation around you not having seen seinfeld are there other things you haven't seen that you'd like to share with us is there something you'd like to share with the rest of us amazing larry (laughs) (laughs) i mean are you but don't you feel like there are certain things that kind of like when you when you meet someone who's you know from the same generation as you there are these things that you sort of feel like oh we we've got these things in common and when you find out that somebody maybe doesn't have all the same things or they have like five out of the seven that you you kind of list in your own mind as being important you hit those other two and you're like wait a minute like i thought i knew you like how oh, no no totally that's me i mean and i do make a joke about this and a meta joke about this which is star trek i just did not enjoy star trek when i was a kid i did not watch it as i got older yeah. i don't have anything against star i like to be silly and make fun of it as a bit i don't have anything in star trek i've seen some episodes and liked it a lot I watched a Star Trek episode like within the last couple of weeks. I've seen a few, but that's my bit is like, uh, it's really weird for my demo that I not only haven't seen a lot of Star Trek, but didn't particularly love the ones I saw. 
And I mean, the show's not that great. It's just that it's in the window. Like for a certain, you know, like people like, you know, there are, there are probably people who will say like, what? Oh, I tried. I watched two seasons of Deadwood and it was really grueling because I just thought it was a terrible show. Well, what, you didn't like the cursing? No, no, I just thought it was very poorly made. You'd be like, what? Well, that's a weird conversation. Right. Like how does, how do you connect with but, that? But you know, but I mean, that's what taste is. That's, that's all of those differences are what makes us who we are, uh, you know, at least at a party. It's just that, you know, there's something, there's something, there's a certain kind of contrarian personality that likes to be the person who says, you know, like, uh, what, you know, uh, oh, you know, the Beatles are overrated. Mm. Just, just, just to kind of tweak people. It's like, oh, that, that's really interesting. Like, it's sort of like going, you know what? I never had my tonsils removed. Let's talk about that for 20 minutes. It's <laughs> like, well, what are we going to say about that? Like, okay, you didn't do that. I don't know. People are weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's, uh, you know, and then of course there's that whole genre now of like the medium post on like why you're not doing something anymore. It's such a strange thing to me. Right. Yeah, like, you know, and I know exactly what you're talking dear about. Dear company, I, I guess the most disappointing part for me is that I really trusted you and enjoyed your products for so long, but alas, <laughs> I will no longer be able to patronize <laughs> your product. Dear Iowa, I have enjoyed your corn and great tracks of flat land, but alas. I shall no longer be able to tread the roads. Dear Sky, the true tragedy is that you have been above me since the time I was born. But alas, I shall no longer gaze into your heavenly ways. Dear Open Letters, shut up. I feel like there's... You know, like I and I, I remember talking with John Syracuse. <laughs> uh, I know I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I hope you keep it. Mm. Dear Dan. I used to talk to John Syracuse about the Star Trek Star Wars thing. And I'm one of the people who loves both. I, lo- I grew up watching old episodes of the original uh, Star Trek. And then when the next generation came out i'm not embarrassed to say that i loved that show at the time i didn't love everything about it but i enjoyed watching that but never as much as the original star trek but i i was also obsessed with star wars like we've talked about many times i liked both you know and that when i when i talk to most people it really does seem like it's an either or you know there are people who think that star trek is like Star Trek's the best and they have, you know, they're into the fan fiction. And yeah, that's else. one of those, and that's one of those weird, like a Pink Floyd Led Zeppelin thing. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Or like Beatles and the Stones. Mm-hmm. Like there's these mm-hmm. certain kinds of cultural uh, poles that people, you know, choose to like see. And then that becomes this really defining thing. It's not just what you like, it's what you kind of don't like. Right. Or it's what you can easily get into, can't imagine living without versus what you can't get into and can, you know, can't just can't imagine spending any time with. That's yeah. so interesting. You're yeah. right. That is a funny one. And I see this on the Slack sometimes. Like, you know, like like Dan Morin is a Star Star Wars guy. You know, um, uh, uh, Blank Baby is a Star Trek guy. Like, you know, there's like these like kind of little funny prodding things. But it's strange. And, you know, I think what makes it strange for us is when we're talking about something from our childhood. And again, sorry to be an old man here, but when there were so many fewer things to see or listen to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it would be like meeting somebody who goes like, I was a 12 year old nerd or an 11 or 10 year old nerd. And I just didn't like Mork and Mindy. You'd be like, really? You didn't like Mork and Mindy? Right. Like, 
like now uh, I'm, you know, almost 50 and I see that it's kind of silly, but like for a 10 year old, like that's a really, that's a really cute show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think you're right about what's available in that sense, because like when I was a kid, like Saturday mornings was the Transformers and G.I. Joe and, (laughs) you know, like a Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Like that's what was on. That's all that was on. You know, (laughs) there wasn't this choice that we have now of the million things that are on Netflix, the million things that are on Hulu, the million things that are on YouTube as well as anything that your parents might have bought and have on DVD or Plex or whatever and HBO now. And all, I mean, the the or stuff you check out from the library, yeah, like it's unlimited and it's on demand and kids can just watch whatever they want. So the idea that today one kid is watching, um, you know, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire as a movie and the kid in the next door house is watching, you know, some something on YouTube and the next kid down is, you know, watching Star Wars like that never happened when we were kids. Kids all were watching uh, essentially the same thing if they were watching TV. It was a given mm-hmm. that you all saw Mork and Mindy over the, you know, over and the, you would, you would like everybody saw unless you were sick or out of grandparents, you saw the $6 million man. You talked about yes, it at school the next that's day. That's right. And you all had seen it and you, you didn't have to say, Hey, did you see this last night? You just walked in and said, Oh my God, that was the best episode. You knew it. And there was also only one thing on, you know, like there, there weren't three shows competing. If it was different strokes night, it was different strokes night. If it was Battlestar Galactica night, That was Battlestar Galactica night, you know, like you didn't have to figure out what your friends might be watching and what you might be missing by not watching it. You know, like now it's impossible to predict that and to know that. And so, like, I I don't I'm just I think about this a lot because I'm Uh really not sure if those things that we had were, you know, like when I go back and watch some of them, some of them are still good, but some of them are are not that great. And I don't know why if it's if I'm really at that point in my life where just having the nostalgia around something is the reason why I still think it's great. Like I can't watch any Transformer stuff except the original cartoon. I think the movies are terrible. They're not interesting. I think the you know I've described this before the the robots look like they've been or, you know a bunch of paper clips held together by a magnet. Like I have this defined thing. And does that mean now I'm shouting at clouds? Is that what, what this is? Or, you know, were, were those original cartoons not very good to begin with, you know? Right. I'm just looking at pictures of Bigfoot from Six Million Dollar Man. Because when Bigfoot Loved was it. on, that, that episode, was really big. That yeah. episode. Oh. Do you know who played Bigfoot? Who? Andre the Giant. Really? I now I like th- it even more. I know, but like, it's hilarious to go and look at this makeup. I mean, he basically you look at him, oh, that's totally Andre the Giant in like a hairy suit. But like, that was such, that was an event when it was going to be like a Bigfoot episode or remember there was, the, there was like the clone of, wasn't there a clone of Steve Austin that had the removable face? I, yes, that sounds really familiar to me. Here's um, Bigfoot. This is amazing. Bigfoot, uh, I'm going to send this to you in the robot. He has a, um, a little uh, dragster that he rides. <laughs> there was a toy. There was a Bigfoot toy. Didn't that, that did that spawn another show? Uh, there was Bionic Woman. But no, I, I mean, I mean, Bigfoot, big, Bigfoot related. You know what I think? I'm You're thinking, thinking of Bigfoot of. and Wild Boy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Mm-hmm. Look <laughs> at that cool little car he has. Look, 
I don't remember that from the show, but that's pretty awesome. I don't think that's canon. Uh, Dan, could you talk about something you like? Oh, I was just putting a link for Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Big you had Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. You had Dr. Shrinker. Dr. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Man, that was a good show, Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Yeah. There was a oh, lot of those man. kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. And I'm Boy. still searching for this show. Listen, I got I to, before we do the spot, I've got to reach out to our listeners who are the best listeners in the whole world. There was a show in this time period. And there were, there was uh, a couple people. One was sort of younger, and then he was. It was I think he was with his dad or his granddad. Mm-hmm. And they traveled around, and they had some. I've talked about this before. They had some robots, and one of the robots was a small, like pocket radio sized robot that kind of it could slowly walk and they always had it like up on the countertop and they'd walk around and they what? traveled around in a little rv and they had this little robot and had like two eyes of slightly different sizes and it was like a pot it was almost like a pocket radio looking thing and this they would take this thing out that's all i can remember out the show but it, it has been obsessing me i i the last time i did this was when i was trying to remember that guy uh benu who had that uh that show, the Phoenix, Rise of the Phoenix or something, where he came and he like came, he was asleep in through time and he had telekinetic powers. We figured that show out. Huh. So I'm asking our amazing listeners if you can help us, help me. Yeah, we got to pod source it. Yeah, pod source it. Because mm. this is just, it's just crazy. I don't remember that, but I would love to find out what that is. It's bizarre. All right, let me tell you about Casper. Casper. Casper.com. Casper. It's a place to go. And uh, what these folks do is they make premium mattresses. They sell them for a fraction of the price. They cut out the middleman so that you don't have to pay extra for these things. The way you do, if you go to your local uh, mattress store, the one that's right around the corner, usually there's two across the street from each other. And you wait until like the July, uh, July 4th holiday, and then they'll have a, a discount where they knock off 40% off. Even when they do that, it's still not going to be as affordable as the Casper mattresses, and that's because Casper has revolutionized the whole industry, cutting the cost. They don't have resellers, they don't have showrooms, and they pass the savings on to you, and you get a great mattress. These are really great mattresses. They provide resilience, long-lasting, supportive comfort. They're one of a kind. They're my favorite kind of a hybrid mattress, premium latex foam with memory foam. I personally try to sleep on the memory foam, pure memory foam mattress, Mm-hmm. One of the worst nights of my whole life. Everything hurt the next day. Literally mm. everything. Oh hurt. no! So I said, I don't want to do any memory foam. I don't want to do anything like that ever again. And so when Casper, it came left on, a bad taste in your mouth for sure. Mm. And when they came on as a sponsor, I was reading all about it. I said, Well, they have latex and memory. Oh, memory foam. I don't know if I'm going to like that. But I t- I took a leap of faith, like Indiana Jones, and turns out. It's just the right amount of it. This is the best, most comfortable mattress. I love these mattresses. I know you've got at least three or four of them now. I would take more. I, I want these. I want these animals to send me a pillow. <laughs> I've had it. I've had it with my friends on popular podcasts, getting free pillows. Hey, look at me. I'm Jen Syracuse. I get to sleep. Yeah. You know what? Shut up. Send me a pillow, Casper. I'm I'm literally angry about this. Yeah, we don't have pillows. I should just I should just buy one. Grace, I got you. Know, wait, can you, I'm great. Can you Grace, could you please? Pillow? Throw me the bed. I'll throw you the whip. Um, I'll. Uh, uh, <laughs> They're very affordable. Five hundred bucks for a twin. Nine fifty for a, a king size mattress. 
outstanding. And uh, these things are made really well. You get to sleep on them for 100 nights. And if you don't like it, anytime in that 100-night period, free delivery, painless returns. So, uh, so go check this out. You can support the show. You can get $50 off toward any mattress you purchase by visiting casper.com slash back to work. Again, the URL is casper.com slash back to work. $50 toward any of those mattresses when you use the code back to work. Terms and conditions apply. So go check this out. Really, there's, it's, there's no risk to it. It's like, uh, you know, you order Zappos. You say, I'll get three different shoes and I'll send back the two I don't like. It's the same thing. You get this for 100 days. Try it out. Go check it out. Casper.com slash back to work. I'm reluctant to be honest during podcast reads because I know eventually the day is going to come where I'm going to have to like advertise for a poisonous bear trap company. <laughs> and I'm going to go like, I got to tell you, if you're in the market for a poisonous bear trap, this is the one for you. Keep it to your kids. It's safe, mostly. But the truth is, I actually really, really do like mine a lot. And it's, I, I don't know if it's the best mattress I've ever got, but I can't think of one I like better. And man, is the price ever right. And the thing is, here's the thing, you dingalings. You, it comes in a box. Right. Right? Like, they're not like, sold, like guys a dragging a, <laughs> they're not dragging up a, a, a big uh, mattress up flights of stairs. It's just a little tiny little box. I don't even understand my own jokes anymore. I like it. I think it's, yeah. you know. So it, com- it comes in a box. And you uh, and you just carry it up, and it's it's like it's so easy, it's so nice, you guys. Dear Casper, what are you asking um, for a? Uh, do you ever watch o- Great American writer. Great American Hero? Mm-hmm. Or oh, greatest, that, uh, believe it or not, yeah. I'm walking on air. A greatest yep, yep, American yep. hero. I'm Love on the page right. Show. I'm on the page right now for the Croft Super Show, which was a terrible show. Uh, ran from 1976 to September 11th, 1976, never forget, to September 2nd, 1978. This is where we got Captain Cool and the Kongs, Dr. Shrinker, Electro Woman and Dino Girl, Wonder Bug, Magic Mongo, <laughs> Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Magic Mongo. Uh, when teenagers, Donald, Lorraine, and Christy find an old bottle, they discover it is the home of Mongo, a genie. Have we gotten any, uh, any, uh, any data back yet on your, uh, on your uh, pocket-sized robot? Uh, I'm looking right now in the chat room and I, we have not, I've not seen anything yet. They're saying they, they think it might be arc two. Oh, I remember arc two. Mm. Arc two, which is different from that other show. What was the other show? What's the one, uh, one. space 1999. Oh, this is three young scientists travel around the country in the 25th century after the world has been ravaged by pollution. Typical. In their high-tech RV called Arc 2. Jason of Star Command. Look at that. I don't... My gut is to say no, but now I'm just going to have to look at pictures. It sounds like a... It sounds like one of those shows... It does look like it could be it. Comes in the wake of Land of the Lost. It's like a Cormac McCarthy type situation. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. You You know what? I'm looking at this. They had a chimp that went around with them. Yes, here's pictures of it with the chimp. So they had a chimp. They had that, what was the one robot that was in everything? The, the sort of, Robbie the robot robot? Yeah, he's in this. Hmm. I think it might have been this, this, this show. I definitely remember this arc looking RV. Robbie the robot. Maybe. See, I think I get confused. There's Robbie the robot. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, no! Jason of Star Command. Okay, hold on. This is the show. I found a linked... Hold what on. What I just said? Hold on. Did you just say that? I just said Jason of Star you Command. You just said yeah. it? Yes. Okay, okay. Because I was clicking the link and I was completely... This is it. 
Oh no, Jason of Star. And look, he's holding the little robot. If you Google that search, he's holding oh, this the like little a... robot. Oh, it's so cute. Hold on, I gotta. I gotta. Is his name this. Wiki? It seems to be Wiki, which is what I thought. Uh, Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. That's Twiggy. 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 Uh, Twiggy's Twiggy? the model. I think you're thinking of the model Twiggy. Tweaky was the one who went beady 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 and looked yes, at the penis. Yeah, and which and then he at some point he had a computer around his neck that was a member oh, yeah, of the Dr. High Council. Doctor, that's Doctor. See, uh, Tweaky was mostly a vehicle for Doctor. Uh... <laughs> All right, here we go, people. Are, yes, yeah, that oh, is. Yeah. It's W one is my guess. The font is very suspect. W one K one. So I think I was com- I had combined. The two shows, Arc 2 with the RV mm-hmm. and the robot from this one. But this is him. This is the robot. Listeners are the best. Let me see who I can give credit to in the, in the Thank audience. Thank you, people. Thank you. Dr. Theopolis. Yes. Alan McCoy. Oh, hi, Alan. Alan McCoy is the one who said, I think it may be Arc 2. So he gets, he and, and you said it at the same time that I was looking at the pictures. Oh, so, no, I was just looking at the picture of the guy with the, with the thing on his eye. I wasn't thinking that that's what this was. This okay. is just a happy coincidence. My Anyways. goodness. <sighs> Jason some, of Star Command. Some great thanks go out to uh, Alan McCoy of the Clan McCoys. Clan McCoy. Dr. McCoy, Jason, I call him. Uh, Dr. Shrinker. Jason of Star Command. It was wild. That was on for three years. Look at that. Jason. Very Star Wars-y looking. There's a kind of a Han Solo looking guy. <clears throat> James Doohan was on that show. James Doohan from the Star Trek. Yeah, from Star Trek, I know. <laughs> hmm, Dobson. My neighbor controls the air conditioning. And he is a stubborn SOB. And so right now, because the temperature outside, the, it, it keeps alternating between intense heat and then cold coming out of the. Oh no, the, that's the no vents good. Here. Yeah, it's the worst. <coughs> Wiki, that's no way look to at live. This guy. Wiki. Huh. <sighs> well, I'm glad we got that settled. That, now I, I feel like now I can do a show. Isn't that a nice feeling? I still forget about the internet sometimes <clears throat> when Wiki. I want to find something, and then, then all then I, I go and I can usually find it. YouTube is great for that. It's amazing how much stuff there is on YouTube. Jason of Star Command. Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Is the guy who played uh, the, the bad guy. The Pocket Robot Wiki, formerly W1K1. Wiki to the rescue. <laughs> in one of the episodes. All right. I, I feel like my whole life can continue now. This has been, this has been too long in coming. Thank you. It's been to burn your saddle. Yeah. Now settled, sorted. <gasps> Julie Newmar was in Jason of Star Command. She was the space queen. She's my Catwoman. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Catwoman she, is my Catwoman. Oh, my goodness. I love them all. They're, they're special, special in different ways. But Julie Newmar. And I think she's not the critical fave. No. Yeah. I wish, wish Were she you more a Catwoman or a Batgirl? See, in, I, in, in my, in my head canon, I like to see them get more adventures together. <laughs> but they really got to work some things out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe there's been some... Some mistaken identities. There's right. been a, a mix up at the library, and Barbara says, Let's go settle this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Sigmund, a friend of mine. Remember that? Yes. You got bullied by the other sea monsters. I know. And then you got the kid from uh, Family Affair, Johnny, uh, Johnny Whitaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Let me check. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, why the has lights go off? To why the, the lights show? go off? I forgot to pay the bill. Mm. What about Johnny Whitaker? Oh yeah, he's the kid from Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. <laughs> <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. Sebastian Cabot. He's also uh, the Winnie the Pooh narrator. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no, Buffy. Buffy from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. She had a drug overdose. That's right. <sighs> Child actors, man. That's a tough gig. Did you know that the hot uh, blonde sister from uh, that '70s show died? Oh, hot blonde sister. <clears throat> um. Oh. 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 She had the big, the big curls. Yes. Oh no. Yeah. Was it a drug thing? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <sighs> I'm trying yeah. to think. Drugs aren't always a good idea. No. Boy, look Say at that big foot. Look at that Bigfoot. I know. I'll put. I'm putting it in. I'm putting all of these in in uh, into show notes. I have sp- such a specific memory of getting the Oscar Goldman. I still have him somewhere at the house. I got the Oscar Goldman figure for Christmas one year, and he had that cool briefcase. That if you opened it wrong, it would explode. And it had a tiny little file folder in it. it was so cool. And him in his like safari jacket and his like his uh, mean cop glasses. Oh man. That was a good show. Well, listen, uh, how's it going? Good. It's going real good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Two things I put into notes I want to mention before I forget. Um, my friend Max Temkin is a big fan of the Star Treks, and he has written two really good guides to Star Trek. Um, and it's on Medium, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, he has one called Star Trek, The Next Generation in 40 Hours. Right. And so it's a wonderful piece on, like, this is, this is how to get through Star Trek Next Generation, or uh, New Generation, as I like to say, in 40 hours. He also has one called Star Trek Deep Space Nine in 82.5 hours. And it's more than just like a how-to, you know, seven bullets and a headline thing. It's actually, it's, he's a very good writer, and uh, I highly recommend them. They are in show notes for this episode. Good stuff. I read the one where he, he's totally into the next generation and defends it. Right? Oh, oh no, he loves, he loves them both. Yeah. But like, he goes into like, there's a lot of good writing in here. Like, in the one, I'm looking at the one for Deep Space Nine. You know, a little bit about Star Trek, he talks about like, you know, basically the the problem with um the 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 Roddenberry problem of like he's was pretty adamant about wanting to create this world where there's no money and there aren't really problems and it's just about, you know, relationships. So he writes here, you know, Ronald D. Moore, later the guy who would later on go on to do Battlestar Galactica said it was a constant problem that we just sort of gnashed our teeth about because he was writing for uh, he would go on to write for DS9 uh, and used to write for Next Generation. Is this making sense? Am I speaking too frag- in a too fragmented way here? No, I can follow it. Ronald D. Moore, who you probably know from Battlestar Galactica and that awesome episode of Portlandia, uh, used to write for Next Generation and then later went on to write for Deep Space Nine. And he says of the Roddenberry problem, it was a constant problem that we just sort of gnashed our teeth about. It never made any logical sense or any dramatic sense. We were always bitching and moaning about it. My personal theory was that Gene sort of started to believe in himself as more of a visionary than a writer at a certain point. He started to believe the stuff that he was creating a utopian future and one of the next generation universe to be reflective of that. But like, how do you write good drama in a world where like, well, you know, no one has any problems. Yeah. Well, you, you take Frank Gorshin, you paint half his face. <laughs> That's why I like the original, the original series. There were lots of problems. Oh, all kinds of problems. Yeah. I was watching the one where they went to the depression the other day. That was a good one. I think it was written by uh, some famous sci-fi writer who went through the, What? Oh, it's the one where uh, where Spock and Kirk uh, go to Earth. They they're, they're trying to oh, find. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, that's cool. Bones, Bones, it's a good episode. Bones freaks out, and they yeah. do it's a, you know time travel. I'm in. If it's time travel, I'm there. There's some pretty good uh, time travel episodes. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> intro to time travel. Star Trek 
time. And it has one of those like Stan Lee kind of titles, like, you know, Wither Goes Time. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thus now bones freak out. Yeah. Star Trek time travel. You know, I feel like Star Trek is a good gateway drug into true time travel studies, but I'm like the whole, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but this, mm-hmm. this 11, 62 things, uh, I just I felt like uh like the time travel as a device that's sort of magical. Uh I don't like that. I like it when it's even if the cause is not understood. You think that it was too hand wavy about how it works? Yeah, it was way too hand wavy. Great. How term. did he discover that his closet was a time machine? How did he discover? He just walked in there one day and went, Holy jeez, I'm back in nineteen sixty one. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And I don't so I don't like that. I don't like that it works even if the I don't want to give away anything. This is a good episode. This is called The City on the Edge of Forever. City on the Edge of Tomorrow. City on the Edge of <laughs> Tomorrow. City I just thought of it that could be a book title. Thus now, The Edge of Tomorrow. This man, this monster. Stan Lee, man, he could write a good cover. And then let everybody else do the work. So this is, uh, oh, you know who else is in this? Is uh, is uh, is that actress Liz, from TV. Liz, uh... It's uh, the actress from TV from was she on Dynasty? What was her name? Huh? I'm looking right at the picture of her. I guess I could. Yeah, you know her name. name. That's yeah. uh, the pretty one, Janet Gaynor. What's mm. her name? Yeah, Mitzi Gaynor. What's her name? Liz Taylor. Liz Taylor. Thought it's it was Liz uh, Taylor. it's Joan Collins. Joan Crawford. Joan. Tom Collins. It's Joan Collins. It's Miss Joan Collins. Joan Collins plays the one who runs the uh, the mission where Spock. Mm. And remember, they got to get all the radio tubes to make their uh, their time machine thing. Yes, great quotes in that one. I am the guardian of forever. This is a good one. You get to see Spock wearing a hat. Casual he, racism. It's well, all in there. Had, no, he had to wear the hat to cover his ears. His ears. Yeah. yeah. City on the edge of forever. Now, who wrote this? Somebody famous wrote this. Harlan Ellison, maybe. Really? I don't know. W r i t t. Written. Written. The the great line, at which I had to look up so that I wouldn't disappoint the Star Trek fans in the audience, is Spock's line, I'm endeavoring, ma'am, to construct a pneumatic memory circuit using stone <laughs> knives and bearskins. <laughs> right. Written by Harlan Ellison. He's the best. He has, yeah. he has a great short stories from that time period of sci-fi stuff. Did he write that movie we like? Is that him? Oh, uh, no, I don't think he Who's wrote. Who's that? Who wrote the, who wrote the, and... the based on a story? We got, we got, we got to start the show. Try and slip me up here. Predestination. Yeah, I don't think he wrote that. Yeah, that's a good movie. Okay, um, do you want to get into some uh, some stuff? I don't have much here. Yeah, you got stuff. I'll I'll take it. What do we got? Uh, we got a um somebody who wants to be on the show. Who's, oh who's yeah, a, we got a lot of that. Oh, big fan, big fan, big fan. Been listening to the show, and uh, we're very fortunate because. I don't have the email in front of me, but uh, he purports to be one of the foremost uh, coaches and consultants on uh, millennials and their careers. I mean, this it's perfect for us. It's perfect oh, it's for the no-brainer. format of our show. Perfect, perfect match. Because, I mean, we've had a lot of leaders on and we've had a lot of discussion about millennials mm-hmm. and we've had people on who are strangers that just sent us an email for no reason. But, uh, but no, this is, this guy's the Topakash. Total package. Did you ever see that Topakaj? No, is that like the Kupakai on the Gilgan's Island? Chupacabra? Kupakai. Oh, the Kupakai. The Kupakai, yeah. 
the head rumus, rumus iglumus mushroom <laughs> what is the, what is that <laughs> remember they eat the mushrooms and uh, things get all crazy and then there's the um was it marianne who ate the mushrooms somebody eats the mushrooms and then they hallucinate they have like a like a fantasy dream and the professor's in it oh man that's about rumus iglumus mushrooms <laughs> Rumus Iglumus. Oh. Hope I'm getting that right for our fans. Rumus Iglumus. Mushroom. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, and it takes place off island. <gasps> oh, my God. It's an actual video clip. Is it oh good? No, this is terrible. You have to look at this. Go look at this right now. All right. Which robot are you sending it to me? Okay. Skype. Oh, we got to put this in show notes. Oh, yeah. This is definitely going in show notes. So you got the professor doing Cary Grant. As a doctor, <laughs> so you got weird. you got uh, the skipper as like a as a John Wayne type sheriff uh-huh. as a doctor. He's a John Wayne sheriff who's a doctor. He's got a Stetson and looks like a starfish for a star. And Gilligan is supposed to be like some kind of fruity French artist with a fake mustache. Somehow all of it makes sense. Rumus a gloomus. Well, if you could find a better <laughs> name for a podcast episode, buy it. Rumus a gloomus. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Just exhausted. What's going on with you? Oh, nothing. I should I should make some more uh, coffee or tea, probably. Yeah. Do you want to tell me uh, uh, one more thing that you like? Yes, I can do that while you while you go. Uh, I'll, I'll start making some tea, but I'll be listening in. I'll join in if I need to. Tidy things up over there. Tidy, tidy. I would like to tell you about Wealthfront. Thank you so much to Wealthfront. It's an automated investment service with nearly $3 billion in client assets. How does it work? They make it easy for anyone to get access to sophisticated, diversified, long-term investment without high fees or account minimums that traditional wealth managers charge. And the traditional wealth managers are also going to charge at least 1% per year, often much more in management fees. And you think, well, that's not that much. Well, it is as the money that you have starts to grow. And that's what we all want to do. We all want to say, you know what? Here's a little bit of money. I don't have a lot right now. I've got a little. I want to put it here into this bucket and not worry about it. I don't want to like day trade. I don't want to study the market and see where things are going and research index funds. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to say, here's some money. Make it grow. Make make more money from this money. That's exactly what Wealthfront does. And it's exactly for people like us who have other things we would rather be thinking about, but who also want to save for our family, for our retirement, for the long term. That's exactly what they do. Wealthfront charges an advisory fee. And that's all that they charge. It's 0.25% per year on assets above, if you use our link, $15,000. You can start really small. You can start with like 500 bucks. You can go as high as you want and they will continue to do their best to make money for you and to do that in a way that doesn't get you charged more taxes. I mean, they're very, very smart about this. It's a really great way to invest. Go check it out, wealthfront.com slash five by five. If you use that URL, they will manage your first $15,000 entirely free of charge, no commissions ever, no hidden fees and no management fees on your first 15K. If you use that URL, wealthfront.com slash five by five. Go check them out. Thanks, Wealthfront. Buck, buck. Buck. Rumors say gloomers. <laughs> Do you want to talk about text expander? Yeah, I think we ought to. Um, It's... um. So it's been a week since Text Expander announced that they were going to be changing the model of almost everything for Text Expander to being a subscription service 
where you would sign up for a monthly or yearly thing. You're basically getting a text expander service with an app included, correct? That is correct. And boy, did the internet melt down. People were pretty upset. I mean, you know, I, I think in some cases, sort of justifiably, insanely. In other cases, it was just total meltdown, freak out, right. freak show. <laughs> right. But, uh, and that was, that happened like right before last week's show. Yes, like hours. And, and hours see, before this week's show. Okay, so you saw this. I did. This is brand new. This just happened. 11.26 a.m. Central Time. And what did they announce? Smile, the developer of TextExpander, the popular typing shortcut tool for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. And TextExpander.com, the easy way to share snippets across teams, offers improved pricing for upgrading customers and extends the life of previous versions. So uh, what this means is, if you have an earlier license, in other words, up until the announcement last week, you'll get a 50% lifetime discount on the new text expander. So uh, this brings the yearly cost of their like single user plan, which they call the life hacker plan to $20 per year. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two, two big things. Yeah. This is big stuff. So, I mean, on the one hand, they're still sticking with their subscription thing and well, I guess almost really three things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're greatly reducing the price of that. But the other, the, the huge thing here, and I'm reading here from Greg's uh, uh, post on the website, which is in show notes. We will continue to sell and support Text Expander 5 for OS X and Text Expander 3 plus custom keyboard for iOS for those who need it. Mm-hmm. Some of you, and I thought this was a, this is a good paragraph, some of you can only use Dropbox and or iCloud at work. Some of you cannot or will not purchase subscription software. You've told us that it's important to serve you in this way, and so we shall. So that's, I don't know, that's pretty big stuff. Well, and he says, change is difficult, and we didn't get some things right at the start. We're listening to your feedback and are making adjustments effective immediately. You know, there is, I just want to add that a lot of people, we talked about it, I think, without, without really getting, uh, it was too early to say anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but we didn't get, neither of us, I, I think I can speak for you and that neither of us seemed angry or felt angered or were ready to, you know, throw our computers out the window or anything. But a lot of people were, a lot of people were very upset about it and it's, I think something that we can learn from this is that, especially with small developers like Greg at at Smile, they really are tuned in to their users and what their users say. And it's possible to accomplish a whole lot without getting to that point of anger. Just writing and saying, I'm confused. I don't understand this. I don't think this is for me. And I, I, to be honest, I don't want to pay that or I don't like it, but not going to the point of like, like you were like your, uh, your open letter guy (laughs) of where they're totally ready to just throw it out the window. Like there has to be a, a, an in-between stage to go to. Right. Right. Well, you know, well, there's so many, so much complexity, so many layers. I mean, first of all, we're talking about different people with different reactions. It's, it, Something that's it's not unusual to do is to draw a feeling about the temperature or the barometric pressure of a right. given discussion right. based on how you feel the crowd is moving. But there were actually many, many different voices. There were a lot of people who I think very reasonably said, look, you know, I love this app. Uh, I mean, and I'm not saying it's reasonable because I, I just because I agree with it. I'm saying it because I, I think it's a reasonable stance to say that's more money than I want to spend for this thing. I think it is reasonable to say I don't like subscribing to things. I already subscribed to too many things. I mean, I... I, I see that. I even think it is sensible to say, um, uh, I don't find this that useful. Whether or not I agree with any of those, those are all reasonable things to say. It's the it's the jumping so far into hateful ugliness that makes me sad. 
And I saw it even today. So like as soon as I saw that, I got a press release, you know, in uh, an email, which I think you just read from. And I saw the thing on the website and I was like, oh man, that's great. I, I'm sorry they went through this. I'm sorry that, yeah. that they engendered anything but the amazing response they've got from people in the past. But man, screw that ugliness. I just, I went and I searched on Twitter for text expander and like, God, people are the worst. Oh, so now they announced that they're doing this. Well, I still have a foul taste in my mouth. Really? People were saying What are you, what are you on? Game of Thrones? Shut up. This is an amazing company that's doing great stuff. And like, what a dumbass. Like, it's just, I'm sorry, but like, it's, that makes me, it makes me so sad that like, is, 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 is our, is our like ability to be empathetic and kind to other people like only useful and uh, reliable and durable as long as they act perfectly. Like that's so ugly. What an awful black and white, like borderline personality way to run your life to suddenly like run and drop the portcullis and just sh start shooting random arrows. Cause everybody's a dumbass. It's like, Oh, let's, can we stop doing that? Like, I don't know. It just makes me sad. I totally because agree with you. I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry to vent about this, but I'm very glad. I'm very glad that, let me put it this way. I will be very glad if this accommodation that they are making allows them to keep making the software. Yes. What I was not comfortable saying overtly last week that I still wonder about and is absolutely none of my business is I don't think they would have done this this way unless they felt like they needed to. Right? So I don't think anybody loves raising prices. I don't think anybody loves changing their models. Anybody out there make software feel like completely redesigning it from the ground up for a new way to charge? Mm. Oh, that'll be a fun weekend. No, it's a giant amount of work. Nobody wants to do that. I think they probably did that because they felt they had to do that. And I just hope that in capitulating to all of these, these folks, good people and otherwise, I hope it is still sustainable for them. This is not a great solution if they can't keep doing what they're doing. You know, it's just, it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's a terrible way to live your life to just constantly be looking at the most strongest and immediate reaction that you can find in yourself, right. the most extreme emotion that you can conjure up about something and then make that a stake in the ground for how you're going to behave and see the world. It's, I'm sorry. I don't mean, uh, it's just, it's gross. They're such nice people and they do such great work. And I'm not saying this because they're sponsors. I, I am saying this because I genuinely like the product. So I hope this will give them some runway and some longevity. I'm glad they're keeping Texas Commander 5 because I like it. I, I personally, I would pay, if I had to, I would definitely pay for the new model. Yeah. It's just that I, 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 it's not really the perfect fit for me. The way Texas Spender works now is what I would want. Right. And knowing they're going to continue, that makes me happy. I guess I'm just saying, I, God, can we try, I'll try to be a little less unnecessarily permanently ugly about life. Gross. And second of all, you know, kudos to Smile for doing that. I'm sure this was a tough decision, but I really do hope that it gives them some longevity. What do you think? I totally agree. I think there is something to be said for taking a step back and relaxing. And it seems like people are so ready to jump on that bandwagon of negative vibes or negative emotion. And like, it's so rare that people are willing to say kind of what you just said, which is like, they must have done this for a reason. And I wonder what that reason is. And I wonder you know, if, if there's something that we're not seeing, or I wonder if we might be able to affect some kind of positive, well, we might still be able to get what we want, which is not what Smile just announced, for example, without- last, last week. Last week. Yeah. We might be able to get what they announced this week, which is more like what people want, 
uh, without having to go into that negative hole, without having to go into that space of this sucks and I'm over it and now I don't trust them ever again anymore. Or that's why I never used Text Expander in the first place because I knew they were up to something. You know, like, like what do you what do you win when you take that position? Like who who do you imagine that you are impressing when you behave like that? A grown ass person acting like that. Like who do you imagine? Who who do you, who do you respect that's going to hear you act like such a chode and think that that's going to be really impressive? It's so gross, and it really is. It's like I've been watching a lot of Walking Dead, and it really it's almost like you know you're in this herd of antelopes running along. One of them falls down, and then you just start tearing at its right its legs. The jackals. That's why I always call them jackals. And it's like I don't know. It's on the one hand, I think you have to take with something of a grain of salt to say, well, people generally sane people. Uh, I tend to only get this worked up about stuff that they really care about. And when that thing they care about changes, that's when they freak out, whether it's for good reason or not, whether it's an actual demonstrable, like actual change or just something trivial that you'll get used to, whatever. That's all like, that happens. We're all like that. Everybody, I think everybody's like that. You don't like it when they change the the way the, the, the fonts in your newspaper. You don't like the way that like they repainted the, the uh, parking lot. Like everybody changes weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm way off topic. I just wish there was a way to not be so awfully ugly when, when such good people are just doing... Do you, do you imagine that they're doing that because they're just selfish? I imagine they got bills to pay. There's a lot you of know faces what? I, on their page. I have a little insight into Greg, and I can tell you, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy who rolled out of bed one morning and was like, yeah, let's screw our user base and piss off everybody on the internet. Like He did this probably not only because this is what's made sense for them as a business, but because I, I think, and this isn't coming from him, this is coming from me, but I think he did this because he thought this would be better for everybody. I, I really think that. I really think he said, you know what? I, I think people are really going to like this. Let's build this. Right. You know, and he was doing something and creating something, I think, that he thought would be a really cool thing that people were going to get excited about. I and I have to think if I was in that situation, I would have been like really disheartened by all the negativity that was flying out there. And you know, like it, there are so many ways to ask for something, and complaining is usually not one of the best ways. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, it's to I don't know. I mean, this is such hippie stuff, but like something I try to keep in mind that I. I don't do every day, but something I, I try really try to keep in mind, what you know, is that most people are doing the best they can every day, and most people are struggling with things that that you don't know about. Yeah. Um, and um, there's not that much to be lost unless you are a very very small, very very weak, very very poor human being. Mm -hmm. There's not that much to be lost by assuming that most people are trying to do the best they can and that they have reasons that you don't know about. And that doesn't go for everything. Like you're like, you know what? It's okay to not like Hitler. He was a bad dude, but like, that's not what we're talking (laughs) about here. Like, why would you jump to these most extreme, like just ugly ideas about people? And that's, you know, so in this case, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's also just makes me so sad when you see like so much goodwill, uh, just go down the drain in a morning. And it's like, wow, that's, is that where we are at this point? Is like, that's all it takes is one morning where somebody did something you don't like. And like, now they're, they're the worst in the world. It's, I count, um, I count 18 people on their about us page. So this is a company, right? This it's is, a real, it's a full thing. 
Right. This is, this is not a couple, a couple kids, you know, in the dorm room. Like these are, these are grownups who are trying to like, you know, make a product for you. So I don't know. I don't know. I, this is not really about smile at this point. This is just about, and you know, and like anybody else last week, I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. But I just would like to say, I'm glad we waited to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, yeah, would what like if to we say, had said something about it last week? We would have been, well, that's why we didn't yeah. is because we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. It's too early. But like, I would just like advertising or whatever aside, like, I just would like to say like, thanks to them for doing what they do and good on you for deciding that you can do this differently. I hope it works. I hope it's sustainable. Me too. Yeah. Now I'm a little worried. <sighs> yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's getting, I mean, it's everybody knows, and we talked about this a lot. It's just getting harder and harder to make a living doing software development you know whenever i go into like a um like a restaurant at like lunchtime and there's no one in there yeah it makes me so it, sad and i'm like how you know how do, how do they stay how does how does a place like this stay in business right 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 and there there has to be a way i mean but but who, there's this there's this little restaurant that's right across from the parking lot of the where my little office is here and I think in the time that I've been here, which is hasn't even been, hasn't been a year yet. It's been like six months or eight months. It's changed names and owners at least once or twice. <laughs> every every neighborhood seems to have those places that are like cursed locations, right? Where you're like, oh my god, that changed again, you know? And you just like you feel bad because you know mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Like you it's just so know. costly. It's so costly to run a restaurant. It's it's just there's just endless amounts of work and so and much with work. All the people that are working in this building and this is this building has tons and tons and tons of people that place is never has any cars in front of it they have a big you know like they keep trying to up their level of the open sign like at first they'd had like a little a little banner hanging over the edge of the railing open and then they had another one with the name the new name of it uh, sprawling across. And then there was like a lighted open sign. And now there's like a flashing sign. And then there were like uh, the lights that you string up in Christmas time, like strung through the, uh, strung through the tree out front. And then there's like a thing going up the railing in the walkway, like as if to sort of guide you home into the, into the restaurant. And like, never, there is never anyone out front. There's never anything. And I just see the, the guy who I guess runs it or walk, walk, just, he's just sort of walking around out front walking in and out of the thing, oh, you know, God. and it's, it's like so depressing. And it's like, you know, you just, you just know, and like, like this isn't going to work. The door is always open. You can see yeah. in there and you can see in there to him just sitting in the, in the chair at, the, at a table, just sitting in there. There's no one there. Uh, you're, making, you're making me so sad. Well, you know, there's a phrase people use a lot, um, but I think it's a pretty effective analogy, lowering the bar. You raise or lower the bar. Which is, you know, you think about it as a physical analogy. It's, it's kind of like what you're saying is when you're raising the bar, you are, when one raises the bar, they are increasing what, what people can expect from a given thing. Like when you say like, oh, this episode of this show really raised the bar. It's like, now we're going to expect more because they've shown us what they're capable of, right? And you can see that in industries. Inside of industries, you'll see the, like, you know, making things cheaper, faster, smaller, more reliable, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a kind of, I, I would, I think, I don't think I'm using that incredibly, that's kind of raising the bar. And so, you know, I mean, the, the trouble is then you also have the concept of, of lowering the bar or some people call it on the app store, the race to the bottom, you know, where, like we talked about, it wasn't too long ago that you could spend, what, 
three, five. You would see a lot of really good apps from people we know for three, five, ten right. dollars. You buy it. There weren't ads in it. There wasn't a trick to it. There were no in-app purchases. It was a traditional software model, uh, albeit the fact you were buying it off of a centralized store, right? It wasn't that different than the way we bought software in the past or licensed software. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has really changed. And so, you know, it's... It, what The part that's frustrating, what I'm trying to get at here, the part that frustrates me a little bit is to tacitly judge this company and the quality of their work by the same way that you would, like... Look at a timer that somebody made in an afternoon right. for the iOS store right. or, you know, any, any number of like, have you ever gone in and like one of the, one of the ways to see the ugliness on the app store most clearly go and do a search for Zootopia, for example, on the app store. Okay. Go do a search on any popular current popular property. And you may be amazed how much stuff comes up that has absolutely nothing to do with Zootopia. That is a, that is a naked ripoff of that IP with very identical looking characters but it just is used in the keywords. It's not used in the description or anything. It's pretty, pretty gross, pretty weird. So like that's your competition now. Your competition, so you have this company with a bunch of people that are making this stuff. They're making premium software, supported mm-hmm. software mm-hmm. At, a, at, a, you know, at an adult price. And so what, are you going to compare them to like a, a Zootopia ripoff game that, that's like free with in-app purchases? It's like, talk about lowering the bar. And I, you know, I, I, I realize to a lot of people, I do sound like an old man because people who have grown up gone from being like a a child to a young adult in the age of the iPhone, you know, whatever that nine years. Yeah. This must seem like what why would you pay like why would you pay fifty dollars for this app? Why would you pay over a sure. hundred dollars for this other app? Sure. And you know what? I mean you're making a really great point, I think. And a big part of this is the irreparable damage that the app store has done to the concept of software in general. We've seen this shift from I have a computer to I have a smart device. I have an iPad, I have an iPhone, I have an Android phone, whatever, where the average price is measured in in single-digit numbers. And it was not a weird thing to spend hundreds of dollars on an application that you were going to use just a few years ago. And now the concept of that, like... I think I've mentioned on the show that my son, who's uh, about eight and a half, that he, I got, I gave him a Mac Mini that I've had here at the office. Wow, I, neat! I brought it home, and I uh, I gave him a, a screen for it, and a mouse and keyboard and all that. And he'd used a computer, an older laptop that we had to play like Minecraft before. But as he was, there were some things that he was doing at school, and in you know they have like. Uh, these uh, essentially they're games, but they are educational games and math games and things like that. And I thought, you know what? He's old enough. He gets the computer and and it it would be a good time for him to do it. So, you know, I got him, uh, I I got this thing set up for him. And and of course he loves it. And the way that he's starting to like explore is with these different games and stuff. But, you know, he also likes the older games that I really enjoyed, like Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Portal, things like Portal 2. He's getting into those and these are all sold through that Steam store. I think we talked about that last week. Uh, right, right, right. And so as he's getting, uh, you know, he'll, he'll look at the Steam store and he'll say, oh, Dad, can you get me this game? I'll be like, maybe. And he'll be like, well, let me show it to you. So I'll go and look at it. I'll be like, dude, it's $49. He's like, well, okay, yeah, I guess not. And I'm like, how much are the games in your iPad? He's like, the dollar, you know. And so there's this. Do you, do you, give him, you, you, know, you don't give him an allowance. How, does, how, does, how do you deal with the money issue for him on the App Store? 
Uh, he doesn't it really these days. He's not really getting very much of anything. He's kind of we've slowed <clears throat> that down. Um, you know, I don't really have like a system in place. Um, it's just if you really want something, he'll ask a lot. Yeah, he'll ask a lot. He'll wear me down. I'll eventually get it just to silence him. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but like when I I'm looking at I'm looking at the main page of the App Store now for Mac. And there are plenty of things in here that are forty nine ninety nine, twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, they're more expensive, but it's. I, I think it's just a, my point of all this diversion is that it's tougher and tougher for people to make money making applications of of any kind. And game, when I used to work at Babbage's when I was in high school, even, even games that sucked were. Uh, they were they were seventy eighty bucks, you know, like they were really expensive games back then. And now, like the idea of spending something, but if you think about it, like Adobe Creative Cloud, you can get a monthly subscription for that, where you get the apps, uh, some or all of their apps, very very affordably. And if you only need to use it for a project that you're doing for class or because you want to learn or or for a you know, for something you can get a month subscription to those apps and use them when you're done, like you don't need to use it anymore. And that's how they've taken what was a ridiculously expensive app, Photoshop, let's say, and made it accessible for people so that they can they can kind of still be in this. I want to pay a dollar for my apps right, mentality right. and still have Photoshop on their computer. Like wasn't that part of the dust up with Text Expander is that people were saying, well, hey, you can get Office 365. Yeah. For what, twice the price of Text Expander? Right. Like you get all of, you know, Office. So, I mean, people are going to make those kinds of comparisons. You know, I remember like when I was a young adult, I would always, um, my friends and I would tended to think about, um, when we were trying to think about a medium sized amount of money, a small to medium sized amount, I would think about it in terms of movies. You know what I mean? Where you would go like, oh, that's $9. That's, that's about the price of one movie. You go like, oh, that concert's $45. Dude, that's like five movies. Did you ever do that? Or you could do it in coffees would be another way to do that. But that's a really natural way of doing that. But it's, it's funny to me to think about like, that, like what I spend, for example, if you go to an airport and you have an hour and an hour and a half to kill before, like how much do you spend in an airport before you get on a flight? 45 Some spend, It's $45. <laughs> You're right. But you buy, you buy a bottle of water at the airport is $6. That's $6.99 apps that you're going to consume. I don't know. The, the people out there who are cheapskates, well, God bless you. But like the truth is, and you can bring your own water, that's all fine. But like there's a million different kinds of weird comparisons you do. But like when you think about how bananas it is to have an app that you spend a certain amount of money on and you use it every day for years. And I forget what mine says. How many, this is a new computer, so I don't think it has the old settings. But What are where, you using? Um, what computer is it? Oh, no, I mean it's new in the last year. Oh. Um, but like Tech Expander does that thing where it tells you how much time oh, it's right. saved you. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so where do I get that from? Appearance, hotkey, suggestions. I screen grabbed it at some point, but it saved me like, you know, many, many, many hours, you know, with the, the way it types in. And I, I use it mostly for very small bits of text. I don't know. I'm not going anywhere with this. Um, and I took you off your point. But everybody's got a different conception of what something's worth. I think all the what something is worth stuff pales in comparison to the emotional part of this for most people. You know, and we see yeah. this all the time with these apps, apps that cost, you know, a dollar. Or it costs, you know, nothing. Just the, the, the ugliness when, when there's any money involved at all or any time involved. And that just becomes so emotional with people. Right. But like it, it's, it's like the idea of, well, you could, you could go and buy this thing that's really, really expensive. Or you can 
on this other platform get just as much enjoyment out of this thing that's really, really inexpensive. If you get enough of that, it really changes people's perspective and they no longer want to spend that kind of money at all. That was all I was kind of saying. Is, I, is, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And I think it, to, to bring up that Daniel Kahneman book again, uh, yeah. Thinking Fast and Slow, it's an example of slow versus fast thinking. So when we apply slow thinking to the situation, it's very logical to us because we could say, wait a minute, I do this for a living. This right. saves me time. This is part of my job. There's so many things about this that make whatever $39 or $40 or whatever. You go, that, that's, that's really silly. But at the same time, you go, wait a minute though. Oh my gosh, look at all this other software that's a dollar. Oh, oh, oh. And there's these guys over here that I can get for $5 and I can take, take my snippets over. And that's, that's the kind of fast thinking yeah. that's very emotional. Yeah. But when you do the slow thinking, I don't know. I, I think it either, either need it or you don't, but like, do you really need to salt the earth? For, for, for good people right. just because you're mad about how they're charging for their product. It's so weird. I mean, it's not a gulag. There's no gun to your head to do that. There's no gulag, Dan. All right, well, I guess not. Yeah. Um, did you want to tell me about one more thing that you like? Yes, and this is a, this is a fun one. I love these guys. The, the domain is meh.com, <laughs> M-E-H, M-E-H.com. And now, I don't know if you remember, but back in the, in the old days of the internet, there was this company called Woot, Woot.com. Yeah. So Woot was uh, uh, this neat site that had a daily deal. So you would go there and they would have one thing that day. And when it sold out or when the day was done, the deal was gone. Well, these are the same guys. They made Woot. They but didn't sold- they sell it to another company? To Amazon. Okay, I wasn't going to say. And uh, surprise, Amazon uh, screwed it up. Those guys could screw up, screw up a wet dream. Re- literally, they could screw up anything. And the <laughs> meh guys came back and they said, they said, uh, you know what? We're, we, we're done. And they, this is what they did. They looked at each other across the desk and in perfect synchronicity, set down their coffee mugs, logged out of their computers, stood up at the same exact time and walked arm in arm out through the front door and people are like, hey guys, where are you headed? And they said nothing. They're like, guys, like who's going to run the company? And they said nothing. And they went out and they went uh, literally across the street into the building facing that office to the top floor to the penthouse and started Matt right there. That's how they wow. did it. Now what Matt does is what Woot did when it was still good, plus now they have like a whole community around it. So it's a deal a day. And some days the deals are really good and the stuff that they sell is really good. And other days it really isn't that great. <laughs> and uh, Did they tell you to say that? No, but they don't, they don't care. They don't they even don't listen. They're never here. They'll never hear this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, basically they have created this really fun community around this. I go to Matt every morning because the stuff that they write about I was going to say the writing. My son. favorite part is the writing. It's hilarious, and uh, it's to, almost like a, it's almost like a very funny blog that happens to sell crap. Yeah, in, it just in a good way. Good crap. And they have they have these daily videos that are funny. But the the point is, I have kind of made this part of my like morning thing. Like I'll get in, I'll see what's going on in the internet, I'll check out man, see if they have anything good, I'll read the thing, I'll laugh, and then I'll uh, I'll get on with with my day. So today, for example, they have uh, two double wall insulated stainless steel tumblers they're travel mugs and you can get the 12 or the 16 ounce it's two of them for eight bucks 
and it would be 28 bucks if you were to buy the same thing on Amazon. So it's a pretty good deal. But I don't need that, so I'm not getting that. But like yesterday, I'm irritated because this is something I would have absolutely gotten. They had a, a, a BotVac 65 robotic Aww, vacuum. I missed the BotVac. I missed the BotVac too. DJ Roomba. Look at that. Oh, that's so cute. And it may, it may come back. Oh, it's like a little BB-8 for your yeah, floor. Yeah, it's my wiki. It's my little wiki walking around. Uh-huh. They had a shower speaker the day before that that I missed. They had uh, the Life Pro uh, Life Gear Pro Series 400 Lumen Cree LED aluminum flashlight. Is that, Lumen that. Cree? Is that the Lumen Cree? The Cree. The one that's LED? Yeah. Series 400. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but once Onkyo, it's gone, it's Onkyo. gone. Now, sometimes they will bring stuff back. Uh-huh. But you got to check it. You got to go there and check it. And uh, and and uh, you never know. We missed the video cam quadcopter. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Look at that. It fits in the palm of your hand. They got cool stuff there. Oh, come on. So anyway, you got to check it every day. Meh, meh. Dot com. Go and check it out and uh, support the show. And th- and they're they're billionaires now, so they don't they don't even listen. Oh, uh, they don't even they don't even need this. They don't have time. Nah. But thanks anyway Jeez, to them. Cheese and meh, crackers. Meh, thanks, meh. Thanks, meh. Man. I'm gonna, yeah, I, I used to come here all the time. I remember back when it was Woot, I would go because it was really funny. It was like, why is this site so much better than it needs to be? Right. This site should be really junky and it's not. It's good stuff. It's a shame they're, they're leaving money on the table. Yeah, they are. Junk it up, guys. Junk it up. Meh.com. Yeah. They, could, they could fit 30 ads on that page. Mm. The way I'd sell it. Money on the table. They should bring in uh, Kathy. Oh, I don't know if you saw the new email about Kathy. The new I email about Kathy? Oh, you didn't see the new email about Kathy. No, what what email? Thanks, man. Oh. Thanks, man. What email? Oh, sorry. Did um, it come in during the show? <clears throat> um, dear producer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. Uh-huh. Our new book released today. Whether you're navigating your way on a new oh, project yes, team, I see it. expanding your leadership role, or just trying to get heard in a meeting, you're facing the kind of workplace challenge we all run into sooner or later. You need to elevate your performance. <laughs> and this is where Kathy comes in. <laughs> Ack! Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> if this was actually Kathy, I would be totally into it. Yeah. She's trying on bathing suits. She's mad at Irving. I'd love to connect. Then this is in a bold. What if we had her on the show and acted like it was Kathy from the cartoon. We need to do it. We need to do it. I'd mm-hmm. love. This is a bold and and sort of an a, a dark red color. I'd mm-hmm. love to connect you with Kathy for the Back to Work podcast. They'd love to connect us with Kathy. Yeah. This is from Kate. The email's from Kate. Kate's looking forward to hearing our thoughts. She's the outreach plus symbol publicity <laughs> specialist. I get so many, this is, spam has really gotten weird for me because it used to be clearly stuff that was all the crap you see in, in normal spam of just, you know, know, a a Russian lady who wanted to wax your car or something. Yeah. Wants to just get to know you and she's new here. Right. Or you have, you know, I'm a Nigerian princess for a long time as the Nigerian prince. Yeah. And then there's all kinds of other just crap that you don't want and, and porn and all this nonsense. But now, and this gets all right through the spam filters. Yeah. It's all people who, who are, have written a book and want to be on a, the podcast. All yep. of them. Yep. Um, actually, you know, a funny thing I put into notes that I'm going to mention. I don't know why I put this in notes, except I've m- mentioned that you can do this to a few people. This is another one of those Merlins. I thought everybody knew you could do this corner. We got to get a better name for that. Oh, yeah. No, I like it. 
Welcome to It's a Corner Where You Learn About Things You Didn't Know You Could Do. Rhythm, that's for suckers. So, uh, welcome to Merlin's I Didn't Know You Could Do That <laughs> Corner. Um, something that drives me crazy is, I don't know, there's been these, these like, um, uh, concentric waves of like my phone number getting out there. Well, for the longest time, I would get weird stuff on my Google voice number, but I never got anything on my actual prime cell number. Right. And I guess it got out there enough that I would periodically get like a robo call, but for a long time, it would say blocked. It would say unavailable uh-huh. or it would say eventually it got to where it would always say Las Vegas. I guess a lot of these call centers are in Las Vegas. I don't know. The weird new phenomenon that freaks me the hell out is have do you get the the calls that come from not simply your area code but also your like exchange? So like say say you're at 212-555-1212. Right. You'll get a call from 212. Well, that's five, a bad five, example. Five. Yeah, yeah, but it's from your like your exchange. The first 3 digits of my local phone number and I'll be going, "Oh my god, this has got to be serious. Maybe my kid fell off a building or something." Oh man, cuz it makes it seem like it's in your hood. Yeah. And even I want to say one of my tweet people, but I want to say Greg or Paul, one of the developers, they, they get spam telemarketing calls that appear to be coming from their wife. Like that's where the spoofing has gotten to. And that's where the data stuff has gone to. And so, and then on top of it all, I just don't love answering my phone. I mean, if it's a scheduled call, no problem. Right. I'll say, I'll say hello. But uh, (laughs) if it's not a scheduled call, man, I don't want my phone ringing. So do you know about conditional call forwarding? Do you know about this concept? No. I don't know if this is just for AT&T. I put a couple links in notes uh, that the links in notes are to get you started. You should go and do your own due diligence on this. But I think with an iPhone and most providers, you can have something called conditional call forwarding. And forgive me while I make this a death march because this is actually kind of cool. Everybody knows about call forwarding, right? Call forwarding is, is a bit you flip that says really like before it even gets to my phone, send it to another number. Like don't ring on my phone at all. You know what I mean? Yes. Lots of call forwarding is more like a, what, like a symbolic link? Not right. a symbolic link. It's more like, you know, like an LN, right? Yeah, yeah. It basically says, this is over to here now, silently. Um, that's cool, but do you, you don't always want that. Like, what if it's something important? Well, this is where conditional call forwarding comes in. And all you need to know to get started Googling this, just search for, if you have an iPhone or whatever, iPhone, conditional call forwarding, and the name of your provider, see if you can find some stuff. Because there's these codes you can mash in on your phone that will now do things conditionally. For example, you can say, you can leave, in my case, I leave call forwarding off because I want the call to come through. You could say, from now on, if I'm on another call and not available, send it to this number. Mm. If I hit dismiss or whatever it's called to like not take the call, send it to this number. Um, there's like three general conditions for this. But beyond just a simple zero or one call forwarding, the, the most giant one in the world, it's so great to see a number, not know what it is, hit to dismiss it. And in my case, that goes to Google voice. And so all you need to do, know is that what the little numbers to mash in are, and you go in and you mash in the numbers on your phone on the little phone app. And we know, okay, now let me ask you, Dan Benjamin, were you aware of this? I was aware that you could do things with codes, but nothing like this. I've never, never done this. So in my case, I love that. Cause that's, you know, I don't want it to always, cause I mean, there's all kinds of reasons the phone might ring. Like I need to get that. But if I don't recognize the number, I just want it to go to voicemail. And you know, honestly, 11 out of 13 times there's no message at all because they don't really they just got feature feature request apple feature request yeah uh you know i know this is weird but can you add a button there's the thing where they guess somebody's phone number 
I've had ones where, for example, uh, like Alex from Cards Against Humanity called me. I didn't have her phone number in my contact book, but it recognized her phone number from my email. Right, and it doesn't say like probably or from something like that. My feature request, uh, please, from the lock screen, a button that Googles that phone number or sends it directly to one of those like what the hell phone number is calling me sites. Fine. I know it's a weird one, but like I just don't answer random calls. Dented Meat says that he gets inbound phone calls from his own mobile number. I've gotten that. I've gotten that. Yeah, isn't that that's a nice feeling? Hi, Dent. Terrible. Isn't that a nice feeling? Yeah. Remember when you started getting spam from yourself? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> you get spam from your own email address and you're like, what kind of topsy turvy world is this? <laughs> Tyler Durden. Oh, it's weird times. Weird times. <laughs> the phones you own start to own you. Um, was there anything else I wanted to bring up? Conditional call forwarding, dear sky, room is a gloomus, text expander, aloha. That's how it works. Anything else? I mean, uh, no. Meh. 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 And I, and uh, their company name, by the way, is mediocre. That's the name of the company that owns meh. That they uh, I was noticing. Isn't that the- great? The name on their, okay, that makes sense. I was noticing the name on their account that posts it, Mediocre Bot put this thing up for sale. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, one thing I'd like to say that uh, for our new segment that we can end the show with uh, whenever, you know, whenever there's something that fits into it. Merlin, um, Merlin's things you didn't know were a thing you could do corner. Right. Well, and after that, the uh, we're in the wrong business segment. Um. <laughs> I am reading an article, which I will also put into the show notes uh, for those who would like to. They can go to 5by5.tv slash B, the number 2W slash 267. Uh, you, you, did you install Tomo? Am I saying that right? Tomo, Like the, the Wii? No, no. The Tomo. Uh, this is Nintendo's... I'm using the other one. I'm using Bitmoji. Bitmoji. Bitmoji, Bitmoji has changed my household. I should look at that. Well, the, all this, three of us are loving Bitmoji. Bitmoji. Mm-hmm. I'll look at it. You make you make you basically it's like any of those things. It's an app you get, free app. You make an uh, emoji that you think mostly looks like you, and then it has like dozens and dozens of pre-made, um, like things that it it can be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. Well, Miitomo is Nintendo's iOS game, and it came out I guess a week or so ago. It was uh, downloaded over 2.6 million times. And it has monetization built into it. Oh, really? Yeah. And this is made by uh, Nintendo. Nintendo. Okay. And if, you're, if you've ever played with a Wii, then you know the little Miis on there that are the little avatars that you create, of, usually of yourself. And it is making, right now, $280,000 per week. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. That's, I guess they probably, they probably shouldn't change to a subscription model. Probably not. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, Dan. Yeah. By by uh, by almost anybody's. Uh, I don't even. I account. haven't even used the app or done anything with it. But they have. It has four million active monthly users. Chimney Christmas. One million daily active users. They say that I... it makes the game almost the same size as the country of New Zealand. <laughs> I'll send you some exchanges. Let me see. Is this all legal, what I'm sending you here? Here's some exchanges between the three of us in our little, uh, my wife, my daughter, and me. Oh, nice. Which one are you sending it to me? In the... It's in the dingus, in the robot. Okay. All right. Look at that. Look at mine, huh? 
You don't get that many choices. You can't add that much gray. Right. But, like, it's a start. That kind of looks like me. <laughs> no, it does. I, I cute? mean, I like... <laughs> it's cute. No, you can send all these really funny ones. It's really funny. That's a lot of money, Dan. I gotta get this thing. Oh, it's real. Well, get it, get it. And the whole family's gonna love it. It's so fun. My wife, as you can see, my wife made one. Looks like her. And uh, it's really cute. It's how we communicate now. And so, like, the things that you have, like, like the be there soon... Those are all built that's in. That's like a built-in. Did you watch Silicon Valley? Uh, the first season. Okay. So you remember Aviato? Yeah. They've also got licensed stuff in here. That's me in front of the Aviato car. <laughs> Aviato. They got Zootopia. They got Game of Thrones. I, li- I like that. How much customization do, do you, did you do to that to make it into you? Did you just pick a face that looked like you? Or? You pick a face and, uh, and uh, you know, you do the usual building of you know, oh, what classes do you want a hat? You got to have clothes. And then, uh, and then it's just all these, but it's really fun. It's cute. Also, we shaved our cat. I, I saw that and I saw <laughs> John's comment about it. <laughs> what a mournful creature. Put that into, into show notes. I think that's. No, my cat does not go on the internet. Oh. This is a n- mostly non-internet cat. You can't put photos on the internet anymore. Is it Bitmoji keyboard? Is that uh, what I'm. So is yeah, that the way your house looks? Why do you keep your books like that? You own things that are orange. Is that wood? I you wouldn't can keep put my that bed on like it. No that. one cares. Do you even make your bed? <laughs> All right. I'm installing it. Dear photographer. So how do you connect with a, with another human on this? Is it straightforward? It comes with a keyboard like a sailor. Yeah. And you, um, so you basically click the one you want, bloop, goes into your clipboard, bloop, you paste it into wherever you are. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Pretty, pretty, pretty fun. All right, now I'm uh, so do it. Do I'm it's do fun. It. And make your family do it. It's fun when the family does it. It's really cute. My, my daughter refuses to make one that looks like her. She wants one that either looks like Beast Boy or a demon. Isn't that the worst when, you're, when your kids are like, they're in... She's being cute wrong. Yeah, it's totally wrong. Yeah. Stupid kids. Stupid kids, they ruin everything. All they right, well, let's, let's, uh, let's button this up. All right, man. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.